Welcome to Superman and Lois, The New Adventures. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. We are here to talk all about Superman and Lois, the upcoming CW show that has been ordered to series. We would normally start with some news, but there really hasn't been any. I've really been expecting some because this is about the time where casting for the main roles starts to be announced and we haven't had anything yet, which means as soon as we get off of this episode, there will be news. But we're still waiting and presumably lead roles for the show will be cast in the coming days and weeks as they get ready to shoot the pilot in March. Yeah, but we do know who is going to play Superman and Lois. Those are pretty locked down. But yeah, like you said, we were we we're expecting some of the other casting for some of the, the other roles in the show, but just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, having the two leads is pretty big deal. So it's not like yeah. there's been nothing and those have been locked down for a while. So they've got a head start on other network TV shows in terms of casting because they've got that done. But still, we should should in the coming days. I mean, we're just over a month from filming starting, presumably, if it's if it's early March. So we'll still expect to get some news pretty soon. But instead of that, we are going to talk about Superman Last Son, the comic. We did say last time we were going to talk about Superman, Lois, and Clark. But we decided to start with this instead. Apologize for calling the audible there. But this is the last, this is the first really somewhat extended look at Lois and Clark as parents in continuity. There had been Elseworlds stories, imaginary stories, separate Earth multiverse stories, but this is really one of the first major looks at them as parents in a major continuity story. So if you don't know what Superman Last Son is, it is Action Comics 844, 845, 846, then it jumps to 851 and then finishes in Action Comics Annual number 11. If that sounds kind of weird, it's because it is a little weird. It was delayed and it went from December 2006 to July 2008. It is written by Jeff Don- Jeff Johns and Richard Do- Richard Donner, if I can speak. Johns has done a lot of Superman work over the years. He is known for things like JSA Thy Kingdom Come, which he didn't write the issue in that where the backstory of the Kingdom Come Superman comes from, but that is part of that story arc. If, you, if that sounds familiar, it's because that is basically what Brandon Rouse's backstory was in Christ's Son Infinite Earth. He's done co-written Superman Up, Up, and Away. Superman Brainiac, Superman Secret Origin, Superman and the Legion of Superheroes, just finished Doomsday Clock, which has got a lot of good Superman stuff in it. So he has done a ton of stuff in addition to writing three episodes of Smallville and all sorts of other stuff. Uh, it's crazy to see how much Superman stuff he's actually done because he's not, I wouldn't say Superman's one of his main characters. He's not as well known for that as he is for Green Lantern, The Flash, and even Aquaman or something like that. He hasn't had as many long runs on Superman. But considering he's been writing for Superman for the last 20-ish years, he's actually done a total amount of Superman that is quite big. And especially he's written Superman in Justice League and events and as a guest in some of his other books and stuff. So he has done a ton of Superman work in the last couple decades. And Johns, of course, is an executive producer on Superman and Lois. We don't know how much creative input he will have, how much of the day-to-day stuff he will have. But it's safe to assume there's a good chance something from his run will be taken and this story could be one of those things yeah and jeff johns generally i really like the the stuff that he's done with superman one of the other the other things that he did was he did a short uh story when everybody did all the different stories for the the 75 year celebration his was actually my favorite out of the i think there's 19 different like writer um writers on that and his was my favorite going back and like looking at the the origins of superman so he's he's done some really good stuff and i think just from the stuff i've seen from him i think he really gets what makes superman such an interesting character to me personally so um and this this comic arc definitely brings that out so i'm excited to talk about it 
Yeah, that's uh, Action Comics 1000, the car. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, that kind of ties into Action Comics number one. It shows the other side of that story. I love that story, too. That was my favorite from, from Action 1000 as well. So Jeff Johns, I don't know if I'd call him my favorite Superman writer. I don't Actually, I, I wouldn't, but I still like almost everything he's done with the character. Maybe a few things I don't always love, but I haven't read a bad Jeff Johns Superman story. And something like Doomsday Clock that just finished, I absolutely loved and is one of the best Superman stories I've read in a long time. But I really do like his characterization of Superman and all that. And something about Jeff Johns is he writes very cinematic comic books. So a lot yeah. of his stuff has just been taken and turned into movies. You know, the Shazam movie was basically just Jeff Johns' new 52 Archon Shazam. Aquaman, Wonder Woman are heavily influenced by that. The Flash TV show and lots of other stuff have come from his work. And it's also his work is a good way for non-comic book readers to kind of ease into comics because this is something I've seen as a compliment and as a criticism of his work, especially when it comes to Superman, is being influenced by Superman the movie and Smallville to a lesser extent because Jeff Johns was an assistant for Richard Donner, the director of Superman the movie, obviously a big fan of Superman the movie, and you see something like Superman Secret Origin, it has a lot of influence in I wouldn't call it my favorite Superman origin story. It's a good one, but I wouldn't call it the best. But it, you can see how it has influences in Superman the movie and Smallville. And so for anybody listening who is really more into the TV and movie stuff, but maybe wants to get into the comic books before Superman and Lois start, Jeff John's Superman stuff is a good place to start because it eases you in with something like Secret Origin. You can see the influence of, okay, it's 30% Superman the movie, 20% Smallville, and 50% Jeff John's Superman origin. Yeah, and these are like you said, these are definitely easier to pick up than some some other. Com There's definitely comics that lean much heavier into you need to know this whole world and kind of be caught up in all of the issues. And um, like you said, Jeff John's seems to seems to tend towards the more simpler, more contained story version of comics. And uh, I think, like you said, that's a good place, especially for people who are coming from like the CW shows are like the tv shows this is a good way to get into comics like i got i didn't start reading superman comics until after i watched smallville so i'm i'm one of those people who's kind of introduced to the character and you know fell in love with the character through a tv show and so yeah jeff john's stuff generally is is pretty good to go to and this story in particular last son it almost fits if you know nothing but say superman the movie and superman 2 this could almost be an unproduced script for yeah. superman 3 uh, and you see a lot of heavy influences. Again, I've seen that as a compliment and as a criticism. This is very, considering Richard Donner, the director of Superman the movie, and some of Superman 2, also wrote it, uh, co-wrote with him, got credit for it. You see a lot of influence from the characters, the dialogue. You can see the, the way Perry treats Jimmy, the way Superman mentions orange juice, I'm sure is a callback to, to Superman 2, the way Perry calls... The story, the most important one since chocolate meant peanut butter, yeah. is a callback to uh, Superman 1 where he said, whoever gets an interview with Superman is the most important interview since God talked to Moses. So there's tons of little Easter eggs in there in the way Zod and Ursa are main characters. Really, you can pick this up just with a brief backstory of Superman and Superman 2, and you can jump right into Action Comics 844 if you have that basic knowledge of Superman's history. 
Yeah. And you know, the way that Superman takes the S off his chest and throws it just like in Superman 2. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, that that doesn't happen. That's the best part. <laughs> you know, I think that was not uh, Richard Downer creation. That was after he Probably was uh, not. replaced. So otherwise we may have seen it in here. So yeah, I, I know that's a, there's pros and cons to being influenced by other media. Um, but for, for someone who is knows more about the TV and, and movie side of Superman, uh, this is some of the good stuff to get into to ease your way into Superman and then you can get into maybe get into other stories like the death and return or exile or kingdom come or those kind of stories if you get a little more history with the character but like I said yeah, Jeff yeah. Johns and Richard Donner wrote it and pencils were by Adam Cooper who has done a lot of work a lot of stuff I'm not really familiar with except like the Adam Strange 1990 miniseries but I know he's done a lot of stuff for DC and Marvel yeah and I, I did really like the the art in this and we'll we'll talk about it as we get farther into issues but there's some some really cool uh, choices that they make to like represent the phantom zone that i was a big fan of but yeah all all that saying because it's cinematic and because a lot of things have been adapted i i would not be surprised if some of the elements from this story arc get picked up and used uh in the tv show right we still don't know who the boys are but if Lorzad is one of them to spoil where we're going with the story i could see influences of this taking stuff maybe not doing this story directly although i wouldn't necessarily be opposed to that you could see where this could fit in with one of the boys. Yep. So speaking of which, uh, we'll get into talking about the issue. So spoilers, if you haven't read this comic arc yet, um, we're going to get into everything. So the first one, Action Comics 844, uh, opens up with a pod landing with a kid in it. We don't know who the kid is, but he speaks Kryptonese and he has super strength. So he's probably from Krypton. Uh, so Lois is, yeah, <laughs> Lois is being a reporter. She's writing a story about it and says that he could be the new Superboy. Uh, and then Clark is convinced that the kid is from Krypton. Again, makes sense. And the military takes the kid, though, uh, to Washington, D.C., which makes Superman very angry because he basically they basically kidnap him without telling Superman because Superman has been very protective and involved. He wants to be involved in uh, helping this kid out. So, yeah, Sarge Steele is kind of helping out Superman. That's kind of his contact point um, doing tests and stuff. And he says that they did run tests on him and it proved that he was Kryptonian. And that's probably why the military took him so superman attacks the military convoy that's transporting the kid uh doesn't actually kill anybody but it's kind of this cool you don't really get to see a lot of like superman stealth missions normally (laughs) he he just kind of goes in and blows stuff up because he can and he's super powerful so this was an interesting way to see superman interact attacking government vehicles not usually his main thing but uh i guess if it's the right thing to do maybe you could see him do it yeah but that this issue ends with him showing up at the kent farm with the kid asking for help so this is this is my absolute favorite part is that you know he needs help he doesn't know what to do so he goes to the people that raised him he goes back to monpa kent and asks him ask them for help with raising this kid that he barely knows but he's doesn't really know anything about him just landed and he's going to take him in and raise him and obviously very very strong parallels with what happened with him when he landed as a child and the kents took him in absolutely clark says you found a child in a pod you forged some documents and you raised him as your own basically clark wanted to learn how to do that it's a really weird question to ask your parents but it's something superman has to deal with and one thing we probably won't get on this show unless there are some kind of flashbacks is the kind of backstory on lois and clark and if they want to have kids and if they couldn't and Lois mentions how they they've talked about it. They're not going to have a kid. Um, they can't have a kid, and they just don't have the lifestyle to be parents because obviously they're both pretty busy, both as reporters. Superman gets into some trouble sometimes. It's a crazy life to bring someone into, and the two of them have come to the decision 
not to. And of course, uh, Clark uh, is all it takes is a little Kryptonian he sees to maybe start to change his mind. Yeah, and that's a good point. That's that's something that's already different that we know about uh, the TV show that's coming soon. And Lois is that they at least one of the children they chose to have that was planned. They, you know, we see them um, right after Lois has given birth and she had to leave to be able to give birth. And they, they do cover that later on. Like Ursa is making fun of her because she can't, her body can't handle giving birth to a Kryptonian um, on earth. Makes sense. Um, but yeah, that's, that's definitely something different. They definitely have uh, parenthood hoisted upon them in this comic book where they've, they've chosen it on the TV show, but now they have multiple kids. So who knows about the second kid? Maybe the second kid will be someone that they've adopted or didn't know about. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into, you know, our next plan comic. We'll talk about that more Superman, Lois and Clark. And that's a, another different look at how Lois and Clark become parents. So we'll get into yeah. that, but we're, we're focusing on last son for now. Yep. So next issue, 845, Clark takes the kid to the fortress and jor doesn't know who the kid is. He doesn't have anything in his records. Well, that, you know, the simulation of Jor-El um, and Lois and Clark debate about if they can even be parents to this kid. And we get uh, more uh, back and forth between them, more story building, um, relationship building about their motivations, about wanting to have kids or not wanting to have kids, like you mentioned. And then we get uh, we find Lex and he sets Bizarro loose to find Lorzod classic lex move and superman and bizarro fight this is this is a pretty good fight sequence i enjoyed it yeah it always bugs me when lex is mean to bizarro he doesn't yeah he doesn't want to harm anyone and the the follow-up story to that that we won't talk about is escape from bizarro world which is a a pretty decent bizarro story but yeah bizarro when lex is manipulating him turns into a good action fight with superman uh but so Lorzod, who we we now know that uh that's the kid's name um saves lois Maybe we don't know it. that's his name yet, but that's who it is. Uh, so he saves Lois and uses his powers, and they take him as their foster son, and they name him Christopher. So we can stop referring to him as the kid. The kid. Christopher or Chris, obviously named after Christopher Reeve. This was a couple years after he had passed away. Um, yeah, a really touching moment. Some of these great family moments are really cool to see. And something I hope to see on the show is sort of the heartwarming, not cheesy, but heartwarming family stuff and lois's reaction she was very anti-kid you know she was trying to be firm in that and then she also kind of quickly turns when she sees that you know she's saved and she sees a scared kid there and her instincts just kind of kicked in and she wants to take care of them she doesn't know how but she wants to and i thought that was a really powerful emotional moment of her just feeling protective of another you know almost a complete stranger that she just met however long ago and she immediately feels connected and that's just kind of who lois and clark are as people even if they didn't have a connection to this kid they would go out of their way to try to do whatever they could for it and a really cool moment yeah and that's what makes lois such an interesting character is that she is you know she's with the most powerful being in the universe basically and she just gets saved by another kryptonian who has these insane powers but yet she's the one who's going to protect him she's going to use her her human abilities and her love to protect him. So that's a, a really interesting take on, even though she doesn't have superpowers herself. So yeah, like you said, they named him Christopher. Nice, nice touch. Uh, but this this issue ends with General Zod, Ursa, and others landing in pods like uh, Christopher landed in. And it's revealed that Christopher is their son and they're looking for him. So we move on to the next issue, 846, and Zod breaks into the fortress and then accesses the records about himself. And we, we get some general backstory. You know, if you know about Zod and the kind of the 
counsel and the, the crimes he committed. This is all kind of stuff that uh, you've probably seen before. Uh, but then Lois and Clark take Christopher to the Daily Planet and they try to pass him off as their, what do they say? Like it's their cousin's cousin son. One yeah, of their it's, it's both yeah. of their cousin's son because they screw up the backstory. Yeah. And they just yeah. try to have fun with it. It's a cool thing where, oh, all we got to do is put on glasses, even though everybody's seen this kid. And it, it right. seems to work within this story. Yeah. And it, I wonder if in the TV show, if this, if the second son that they have is, uh, if they have to try to hide his real identity or not, we'll, we'll get to that. But that would be another interesting thing to see. Uh, but Zod and company, everybody with him, show up to fight. And Ursa takes Christopher from Lois. And we find out here, this is when we actually find out that his name is Lorzod, uh, solidifying the fact that he is the son of Ursa and General Zod. Yeah, this also reminds me of how, whether it's Jeff John's influence in all sorts of different DC things or just the fact that there's a there have been two live-action, not Superman, Superman shows going on in the last couple of years. How many of these characters, like this being easy to read, how many of these characters have been in other media? Almost everybody in this story has been in live action sometime in the last three or four years, I suppose. If you yeah, between point. Supergirl and Krypton, if you've seen, you know, you know, Perry and Jimmy at the Daily Planet, obviously Lois and Clark, but even the Kryptonians, Ursa hasn't. Ursa hasn't been in live action lately. But Zod, Jaxer comes out. There was a, a female Jaxer in Krypton, and a lot of these characters. Monel we meet later, a lot of these characters have been in live action in some form in the last few years. Yeah, and especially the the Monel part that his story would be extra confusing if you if you haven't read the comics and his story wasn't in Supergirl at all, because it's a it's kind of a strange one. But yeah, uh like you said, this these are very good comics to jump into if you've been following the live action stuff because there's a lot of crossover, um, a lot of similar characters and uh story elements. Yeah, so this comic ends up with more Kryptonians showing up, and then Superman gets trapped in the Phantom Zone. That's where Zod and everybody has just broken out of, so they've kind of thrown him in the jail that they just escaped from. Security is never good enough in the Phantom Zone. Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> well, you got you have a place where time stands still, so that means you have all the time ever, then I'm sure you'll come up with some way to escape eventually when you have infinite time. Yeah, and this take, this take on the Phantom Zone, which has probably been the most prevalent in the comics where they can see... Yeah, they can kind of see and go wherever they want. They're they're phantoms, but they can see everything. They can learn everything. They can watch everything. It's really creepy and yeah. terrifying when you think about someone like Zod being able to watch in on Lois and Clark's life at any time, find out everything about them. Uh, if the Phantom Zone shows up in this post-crisis world, I wonder if we will get to see something like that. Yeah, and Superman has like a special viewing port basically in the fortress where he can see into the phantom zone and that's where he talks to Monel and gets information that way good old Monel, poor yeah. poor kid he's just got that lead poisoning and he's just waiting to not die hopefully yeah uh so we we skip over a couple issues um in action comics but the next one in this story arc is 851 and we open in the phantom zone this is the the artwork i was talking about earlier where it's got like these really strange rough edges and it's got a different color scheme and everything and it like everything's kind of disproportionate but this is a really cool way to like represent the phantom zone in the artwork and i i really really liked it yeah a cool visual for that if you have seen the krypton season two premiere when a couple of characters are stuck in there we get to see things from their perspective and it's just this weird trippy cool visual not totally unlike the the comic book artwork here Yep. But yeah, this is where Superman meets Monel, like we talked about. Uh, we also find out a lot of information from Monel because he's been there seeing everything happen. And it's revealed that Christopher was born in the Phantom Zone, so that 
the effects of it don't matter to him so he time passes for him there and he can grow up inside the phantom zone so superman escapes the phantom zone there's a there's a fight in the middle of there but i don't think it's really like pertains to the story a whole lot Uh, but zod is rounding up all the other heroes on earth to and like taking them to his new fortress he's like setting up all these crystals are showing up in metropolis and so he's got like batman and wonder woman all your faves he's got them rounded up yeah and that's a i I like the rest of the justice league but it's kind of cool just seeing how powerful Kryptonian is. Right. They, if they want to take all the Justice League, Zod would Zod would give him some trouble if Superman wasn't around. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking. It was like, man, if Superman were like got mad for some reason, <laughs> they would not stand a chance, really. Uh, but yeah, Ursa. This is where Ursa taunts Lois for not being able to have a Kryptonian child, where her physiology just can't support it. Which is that's pretty mean. <laughs> <laughs> she is a villain. Not that Ursa's a nice person, right? <laughs> But yeah, so this a, it's a really kind of touching moment, like, you know, really sad to, to find out that Lois can't have a child. That's obviously been dealt with in the Superman and Lois continuity. They ha- they get to leave Earth and go somewhere where it's safe for her to have a child. But yeah, it's sad that that's not possible in this arc, at least. Yeah, and we don't even, I don't think we got into the specifics of, of how they were able to conceive or anything like that on the yeah. Superman and Lois backstory other than being on Argo. But yeah, they are able to have, and in some other comic book versions with uh, special privileges weird comic book reasons they are able to have kids but at this time they were not able to uh but yeah so christopher tries to fight back uh, he is he's still trying to be a hero even though he knows that this is his parents he's fighting against them basically uh and superman finds lex and asks him for help to stop zod and this is some really good superman lex conversation and interactions uh, i enjoyed this yeah classic lex saying oh i could have done everything i could have been perfect if it wasn't for you if i wasn't having to save the world from you obviously we all know it's bs if he wanted to if he was able to cure cancer and really wanted to he would have been able to do that whether superman was there or not but this is lex in his head having to believe he is he is the hero of the story and superman really just doesn't have time to deal with lex's crap and agrees because they have to work together yeah, and this is what this is why again why I really hope that John Cryer's Lex is on this TV show because they've they set him up as you know like a Nobel Peace Prize winner on the the combined Earth that we have now after Crisis, and he is everybody likes him. He's like the best human on Earth, but he's still the bad guy that we know. So I think this is this is one of those interesting ways that they could tell some stories on the TV show. Yeah. If- if Lex isn't around on a semi-regular basis, that would be a missed opportunity. For sure. Uh, but yeah, Lex has assembled a team of Bizarro, Parasite, and Metallo, all pretty big Superman villains. And he's going to, he's already had this plan in the works. Why does he have these people already? Because he wanted to kill Superman, but well, there's other Kryptonians to kill now. So I might as well use this team I've already got. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I like how Superman mentions, hey, you've got all these, you've thought of all these ways to kill me. Yep. Can I borrow those weapons? <laughs> it's a pretty cool moment in seeing them. The uneasy alliance uh, is a cool thing to see not something i would want to see all the time you know ideally we'd see a lot of superman and flex against each other and not teaming up but it's cool to see on occasion yeah and again bizarro parasite metal these are all people we've seen fairly recently in live action so you know who knows if we could see them um as characters on the tv show probably i would love to get to the point a couple seasons in where these villains have all been established as superman villains and then they team up whether it's a Superman revenge squad or whatever they want to call themselves, however they team up for whatever reason, I think that would be really cool to see. A real established group of Superman villains is something we've never really seen on live action in 
We don't know post-crisis if some of those villains who have already appeared elsewhere will be part of the thing, part of the show, or if they'll use different villains, but I think that would be really cool to see. These are some relatively heavy hitters. I mean, there's no Brainiac here, but besides Lex, there's Bizarro, Parasite, Metallo. Those are, I don't know, probably in the top 10 Superman villains out there, so a good team up. Yeah, and they're all people with powers that even by themselves can give Superman a, a run for his money, so them teaming up is pretty scary absolutely so we uh to get our conclusion we have to wait all the way to action comics annual number 11 that's why i really do like like living now i can just go back and read all this stuff and not have to wait for it all to come out because i think i would have been pretty uh i would not have been as patient as i probably should have been it can be frustrating reading month-to-month comics when there's delays and, and all that but uh i guess now that it's done we don't have to worry about it yep uh, so Lex and Superman have a great conversation about why Lex is helping. Lex wants to, people to see Superman as an alien Vader and look up to humans. Again, really classic Lex motivations. And you almost almost can understand where he's coming from. Although, you know, like you said, at the in the back of your mind, you know that he just wants to dominate the world. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this is something that would make sense with the new Lex-Superman relationship, potentially post-crisis, if Lex is presented to the world as a good guy and trying to point out superman as a not good guy the first of a coming invasion or however they want to approach it yeah and supergirl the tv show has definitely hammered home the whole like people afraid of aliens thing that storyline a lot and so i wonder if they'll either shy away from that or pick it back up again because it's something that people are familiar with yeah that's a good point and we don't know how much of that happened exactly that way in post-crisis world or anything so oh yeah, that's something we'll wait and see. I would, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't think they'd go too heavy into the alien aspect because, because it has been done before. But I think at some point, a storyline about it would be a good idea. Yeah. So Zod and company fight a big military group. Again, you get to see kind of the, the awesome power of Kryptonians on display where the, the military group's not really giving them a, a big fight. But Zod threatens to kill Christopher, Lord Zod, his own son, and Superman saves him from general zod so Zod's not a great guy if he's gonna be killing his own kids not cool it, it took you that long to come to that conclusion <laughs> right. zod, zod maybe yeah, not I, a great guy i was like 50 50 good or bad guy before that but you know that really tipped the scales. maybe not someone you'd want to invite to your barbecue right exactly uh but superman saves lois and frees all of the trapped heroes as well so we get to see all these people and this uh it's funny that i think lord zod meets does he talk to Wonder Woman or sees her? Because it's like, I forgot at the beginning, Lois tells, there's like a funny part where she's like, you you don't get to meet her till you're 18 or something like oh, that. Oh yeah, at the, when they first went to the Daily Planet and yeah. Chris asked who Batman was, Lois said, somebody you're not meeting till you're 16. He asked who Wonder Woman yeah. is, someone you're not meeting till you're 18. So yeah, a <laughs> uh, fun moment there. Uh, but Christopher shows up to help Superman fight Zod because Superman and Zod are fighting and he needs help. And uh Lord Zod comes to his side and is helping him fight his own dad. So we really get this issue really solidifies like uh, the allegiance that Lord Zod has with Superman. Superman has definitely uh, made a, a genuine connection with him. Uh, but then we find out Lex is going to send all the Kryptonians to the Phantom Zone, including Superman, which is obviously bad. We don't want to lose Superman. And <laughs> it ends with Christopher sacrificing himself to close the Phantom Zone and save superman and this was this is really touching this it's really not like a long story it's only six issues so you don't get to spend a ton of time with this character but i I think they did a really good job of setting him up in a sympathetic enough way and giving him enough interactions with these characters that you do know that this is actually a pretty touching moment even though this is a character that you just met 
you know, an hour ago in reading time, basically. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you there. It's a well-written and, and you care about the character quickly, surprisingly, even though you don't know him long, like you said. Yeah. And the uh, there's probably like two ways to look at it too about, is this rushed? Is this connection unreal? Like they didn't raise him. They only knew him for a couple days, basically. And he's sacrificing himself for that. And that's kind of like the negative way to look at it. Or the positive way to look at it is that Lois and Superman are such a powerful force of goodness and love that they were able to make that deep of a connection in that short of time. And I'm just going to choose the positive way to read that. And I, uh, the good thing about the TV show is that if there is something similar to that where they've adopted a child, they have a lot longer to tell a bigger story and show them bonding and you know have a reason for that deep connection. Absolutely. And we don't know how much time passes within this story, but there were other, you know, there were other comics going on while these ones were delayed, basically yeah. where other things happened. And Christopher even makes reference to some things that happened off panel uh, outside of this story. You know, he talks about meeting Robin and things like that. So we know more happened. We don't know if it was days, weeks, months uh, within universe or anything like that. But it's all unbelievable. And like you said, that's a really good point on one thing that TV has over comic books. You potentially, if this was a season long arc, I don't know, they could do this as a one episode thing in the pilot. Or you could see how this could be a season long arc for the second boy where the first episode they find him in the pod and it ends with at the end of the season with him going to the sacrificing himself to go to the phantom zone uh, would be a really powerful season ender if they decided to go that way yeah and that would give us however long a full season to get to know Lorzad Christopher because that's if there's if there's one thing that's kind of weak about this story it's we don't really get to know why he is the way he is and right. you don't always have to I like the fact that he has not great parents at all, and yet he's still a good kid. That's something I believe in. You know, it's great that Clark had the Kents, had these great parents, and that helped him make him who he is. But just because you had bad parents doesn't mean you have to be a bad kid. And that's something really cool I would like to have seen explored a little bit more um, because he is a cool kid and good hearted and all that naturally. And we don't know why that is. Right, exactly. And, you know, they could even they could stretch it out even farther. Like if they, if they want to keep this character around, they could, the big reveal at the end of the first season is that he is Zod is his father. Oh yeah. That's a really good um, But the, Yeah. Something else I was thinking too, but because they just did crisis is that they could do something similar to this story, but without Zod, like make it Luther, Alexander Luther instead. And their adopted child is the son of a Luther. Oh my. And so maybe, maybe he doesn't have powers and you know, that's like, a source of conflict between their two children they have one powered child and one unpowered child and they could kind of talk about the relationship between lois and clark and how they both are they're both contributing their own things to that relationship whether they have superpowers or not and that could be like an another interesting way to see that that's a really good really good point something i hadn't thought about uh, there's a lot of speculation on who the second boy is obviously everyone's assuming one is jonathan but whoever that second one is uh, that's a good question um could they do something like that? There's also a speculation if it was Damian Wayne or something like that because yeah. Bruce Wayne is missing on Earth Prime. So maybe they're temporarily watching Damian for Bruce and that some of that they'd get some of that powered versus non-powered sibling rivalry type thing that you mentioned. Um, there's, yeah, I think there's a lot of cool ways they could approach it. Um, what, so what are your overall thoughts on Lorzad? Are you still hoping this is the, the second boy? Obviously, there's more to Lorzad's story. Uh, we can... It ends here with him going to the Phantom Zone, but as we've discussed, not necessarily the most secure place. There's a good chance if you go to the Phantom Zone, you can find your way out. Yeah, I I think this is a really 
interesting. Uh, I I hope they do something with this because it is like in a short way. It's a it's an easy way to kind of tell the story of Superman's origin of showing up on Earth as a Kryptonian and being raised by people who don't know you and have just adopted you. So it's kind of a, a cool short way to show that. And then also to show like how Superman has been shaped by that and then uses those experiences to parent someone in almost the exact same situation. So I, I hope that it's something like that. And I, I think this there's a lot of really good elements in the story that they could lift to to put into the, the TV show to tell that kind of story. Yeah. Another thing, I noticed how most of the issues start with Superman at the fortress talking to Jor-El. Then we see the Kents and them as parents. We get to see a little bit of Lois and Clark as parents. We get to see Zod and Ursa kind of as parents. I'm wondering how they could do something similar in the show in terms of showing how different parents, you know, what parents are like, you know, the father-son relationship, the mother-son relationship, those kind of things, how they could involve that. You know, something like Smallville showed very important relationships between the Kents and Clark and, of course, Lionel and Lex and how that was different, how there were similarities, how there were differences, how that shaped children, the way parenting was done. I'm wondering if we could see something else like that and see another set of parents outside of Lois and Clark. Yeah, and that's, like you said, that's a really good way to to give some context as to why Superman and Lois's, Lois and Clark's parenting style is good and, like, what what love in parenting does versus, you know, maybe different ways of raising children. So yeah, I, like you said, I hope that we get to see some different kinds of parenting. Yeah. And, and that's why I think this story or taking something from this story could be helpful because I'm not the biggest Zod fan. I like him, but there's a lot of Superman villains I would rank higher. But this story in particular, you can see if we're focusing on the family aspect of Superman and Lois, okay, what what's it like if you don't have that kind of parenting and can the kid overcome that? And how and all of that. I think that it could be a really good way to approach things. Yeah, and especially because the the limited information we have already, they have talked about how they want to focus on family life. And so this is 100% one of the things that I think they should uh, get around to showing if they want to make family life a, a focus of this show. Absolutely. And you can do that in other ways if it's not Zod. Uh, the boys could have a neighbor named Kathy who's yeah. maybe got different parents or, or any kind of thing. You know, You can show that in different ways. But yeah. this story would be one good way of doing it. So overall, a nice, fun adventure. Superman last one, kind of an emotional one, but a good family adventure. And we get just a peek at what Superman and Lois would be like as parents. So it's, it's not really a lot of parenting in that. And that's something I want to see more of. And we'll, we'll talk about more in comics in the future. But it gives us a brief look at that. Yeah. And it's a it's a pretty easy one to get through. If you have DC Universe, they you can just look up Lost Son and they have... A little collection of all these issues so you don't have to search for them one by one yeah absolutely so next time we'll hopefully be talking about some news related to superman and lois and if we get into a comic book next time we'll talk about the one we said we were going to today superman lois and clark we'll get into the backstory on that convergent superman there's two issues which introduces the jonathan young john kent character uh not totally essential but if you want to read superman lois and clark numbers one through eight to follow along that shows us really the first major look at them in a, a setting up a long time, long term look at them as parents. We just get a brief look of it in Last Son, but this sets up and shows a lot of them as actual parents, kind of the day to day of what it looks like, as opposed to the highlights that are in Last Son. Really good story um, that I like, but we will be getting into that next time. Yeah, and I, I haven't read that one yet, but I'm, uh, I'm very excited to, to get into it. 
And that sort of starts what we think Superman and Lois is going to be. This is like a better look at what the show could be like because we see them as parents and that leads into the rebirth era where they are their parents and, and a couple years of comics of stuff like that. So we will be getting into that then. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and we'll be back soon.